Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. One of the problems with customer experience, again, is that when you're within the organization, I think you either get real believers in it or you don't. I think there are other things that can also determine context beyond segmentation, but absolutely, you, you segmentation should be where you start if you're trying to determine context. Effectively, what you're doing is you're trying to say, yeah, I understand you're looking at the, the world through this lens, and that's the context you're coming at this from, but actually, take a look at this. Brian, on my bucket list is traveling from the UK on a boat all the way to Sarasota. Okay. That's, you know, or vice versa on my bucket list. Yeah. But I'm a little worried about falling over the edge of the earth. Sure. Any, <laughs> any advice? Uh, well, I mean, if, if those old maps that I've looked at or anything to trust, I think before you get to the edge of the earth, you'll hit a giant sea serpent of some kind. <laughs> that'll warm you up. So if you see the sea serpent. Good point. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you've gone too far and you need to turn yeah. back around. Do I need to go to the left or to the right of the sea serpent? I don't know. I, I, I just on my bucket list is the idea of Colin on a ship and unable to contact me for several months. Um, so I, that sounds really nice, actually. You, you can you can tell what a land lubber I am, okay? Because I, you notice how I said left and right rather than port that's or true. starboard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You you gave yourself away. Yeah, I did, didn't I? So. Why are we why are we starting off talking about that? Well, I guess the issue is that um, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic today, which I find very fascinating anyway, and that is context. And I often find that organizations don't think enough about the context that a customer is entering their experience with. So, um, you know, it, it's always... They always think that every customer's the same and blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. And they don't really think of the context in which that experience is playing out. So Ryan and I had a chat about it, didn't we, right? Yeah. So you you sent over a, a TEDx talk, um, which I'm sure we'll link to in the notes by a guy named Ken Kukier, I think is how he pronounces it. And it was it was about this specifically. And, and you know, the reason you you, I think, started off by referencing Flat Earth is not only because you believe that sincerely, which you do, um, <laughs> but also it, it's, uh, you know, Ken in his talk makes reference to, to some of these ideas that data alone is often not enough to be able to predict how people are going to interpret something. So, you know, we've, we've all lived on this planet our entire lives as people have for, you know, tens of thousands of years. And so we all have kind of the same data about what the earth around us looks like. And for a long time, it was fairly reasonable to look at the horizon and to assume that it drops off at the end, especially if you look at like the horizon around the ocean. 
So you might be, you know, naturally afraid, as Colin is, of falling off the edge of the earth based <laughs> off of the data that you observed. Uh, but with a, a reframing of that context, if we can kind of explain things in a different way and put it together with some more data and with some kind of theory or explanation, that new context then provides a different outcome, a different kind of shape. So multiple people can have the same experience. They can look at the horizon the same way, but if they have a different context that they're bringing to it, yeah, a different mental model or a bif- different like set of history or, or um, a different set of previous experiences, then they can evaluate that same data, that same experience in completely different ways. So we wanted to talk about how organizations are sometimes leaving the context out of evaluating customer experience. Yeah, and, and it made me, as I've, as I've been doing my due diligence and thinking about this and all that type of stuff before the uh, show, it, it made me realize that context is actually everywhere. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about this. I agree. I mean, if you think about it, the whole subject of customer experience is based around context. So when I first started in this game, 2001, 2002, 2001, people hadn't really thought about the experience economy, customer experience, etc. And then people like Joe Pine, Lou Carbone, my good self, started to talk about this, you know, everything is within this context of customer experience and start to look at it. And uh, and obviously it's grown since then. But I guess the interesting bit for me is that is now a context in which people look at business through, isn't it? Absolutely. And I guess as we talk about a lot about emotions in a customer experience and we talk about behavioral science within that customer experience, that again is, and some people use the word lens, don't they? That's a lens that you look at it through and that's therefore the context that you're now viewing what's what's happening. And the TED Talk that you referenced, they drew maps of the the stars and they could justify why the planets were revolving or revolving around the Earth. But it wasn't until... I, I don't know who it was. I think it may have been Galileo. I don't know. Actually. Uh, Copernicus, I believe. Oh, was it Copernicus? Thank you. I think so, yeah. I know it wasn't me, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it could be you too. Um... I don't think it was me. But I think they, and, and this is good news, they were persecuted at that point. The good news is I wasn't persecuted for writing a customer experience book. How about that? <laughs> not yet. Again, not yet. <laughs> It could be you too. It is. So a a few other things, because this made me, as I was thinking about this, it made me realize a few things, okay? And I wanted to do my usual bit, mate, of testing these theories with you, okay? Okay. So one thing it made me think about is, is context just segmentation? So let me progress that theory for a moment so i would argue that depending upon the customer's context you should design your experience around the context they are coming to the experience with so an example i i often use is 
we were working for one of the cellular phone companies in the States, okay? And we were working and doing journey mapping on their lost and stolen process. And what we discovered was that they were treating their customers exactly the same, okay, no matter who it was that was calling in. However, if you had lost your phone in the back of a taxi, the way you were feeling, the context in which you were coming into that lost and stolen process was, I'm feeling a bit stupid, you know, I've, I've lost, I've made a silly error, I've lost my phone, but it's fairly significant that I've lost my phone, you know, can you help, et cetera, et cetera. And another context that was that we looked at was that your female, it's 11.30 at night, your kids are at home, and you've been mugged. That context is very different to losing the phone in the back of a taxi. And what we discovered was, effectively, the cellular phone company were treating the customer exactly the same. You know, classic stuff. What's your account number or what's your, I think is a puck number or whatever it was at that, that point. So it made me think, is context actually segmentation or is the result of a context segmentation? What do you think? I think the way that I would frame it is, or phrase it, is that segmentation is one of the very important inputs into anticipating context. So you and I are going to bring, you know, if we belong to different segments for a particular product or experience, we're going to bring different sets of experiences and expectations with us into that. Therefore, that is going to be a really important driver in understanding context. I won't say that they're equivalent, though, because I think there are other things that can also determine context beyond segmentation. But absolutely, you, you segmentation should be where you start if you're trying to determine context, because people are different and they're going to bring different things to it. Have you ever listened to a Radio Lab? No. Okay, so Radio Lab is a, a, a radio show and a podcast. It's very, very good. They they explain a lot of uh, science in interesting ways. Highly recommended. But they they one of the episodes they. They talked about a researcher who went to go and live with a tribe on in the island somewhere in the, the Pacific. And one of the quirks of their uh, society was that when they would point to something in a direction, they wouldn't talk about left or right. They would talk about kind of the cardinal direction. So they'd say, yeah, that that tree, which is, you know, south southwest of here or, you know, your your northeastern leg uh, is where that that snake is about to bite. And so um, for this researcher, it was very, very difficult to, like every time she wanted to, to communicate with them, she would have to like stop and think and get her bearings and like, and it was just completely bizarre. And it wasn't until she'd been in that tribe for several weeks, I think, that she realized that if she changed her perspective to consider not where she was and where she was looking, but instead to think about looking at the situation from as if she were up in the sky looking down on herself right then it made it very easy for her to figure out what direction things were and she explained this to a tribesman like this great insight that she had and he was like well yeah of course like how else would you possibly do it so because they had these different cultural experiences you know they had completely different perspectives on the exact same experience that's interesting because 
again, I was thinking that one of the problems with customer experience, again, is that when you're within the organization, I think you either get real believers in it or you don't. And that's an exaggeration, all right? But, you know, you've heard me say before, one of the reasons is that senior people have not been brought up in that environment. So this really just fits into your example. So the danger is that senior people within an organization tend to be older, okay? They're certainly not typically sort of 22, and I'm now talking about large corporates. But they've been brought up going, this is the way that we do things. This is the thing that produces results. And when some someone comes along and goes, well, here's a new lens, here's a new context in which to look at things through, and it's customer experience. I think part of the context that they look at it from is that customer experience is going to cost us money. Mm-hmm. So improving the experience will cost us money. And that could be that historical thing that you're referring to, which is, well, in the past it has, or I think it will, because I don't know, necessarily know all the, the benefits and I haven't looked at it through the right lens. I want to tie it back to something you said earlier. You talked about the difference in perspective or, or context, I guess, of um, management and customers earlier on, right? You, you talked about how customers are have, having a certain contextual experience, um, but then, you know, the management or people who are designing the experience are looking at it through a different lens. And so that, that difference in context is going to cause some potential confusion. You've now just added an additional layer, which is that within the organization itself, different layers of management or, or management and line employees might also have different contextual experiences. They might also be bringing different contexts or perspectives to it. That can create problems because now these different people are are sometimes viewing the same experience in radically different ways because they have different contexts that they're bringing to it. I've just had a blinding flash of the bloody obvious. Let's hear it. Okay. Is it that the earth is not flat? I've suddenly realized. You've been chewing on that since the beginning? I've suddenly realized it's not flat. I knew you'd get there, Colin. Look out the window. <laughs> but no, when you think about it, I mean, that what you're describing to a certain extent is diversity. So diversity is I'm brought up in a certain way with certain beliefs and maybe different cultures and blah, 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 blah. And diversity is good because you're actually having, instead of just everybody coming from one particular perspective. Let me pause you there. Diversity can be good from this perspective. Yeah, right. correct. We've pointed out that it can be that we now have these different perspectives on things and therefore we're, we're missing things. But I, continue your thought because you're, you're about to say that it can, in fact, be a strength. Yes. So you're right to pick me up on that. It can be a strength as long as it's listened to. Yes. <laughs> and whoever the leader is, is 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 not just ignoring it. I have a very diverse team. I just don't listen to anything they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I love rejecting all kinds of different ideas. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that one of the strengths of this podcast, if I'm if I'm allowed to say that, is the fact that you and I have very different contextual experiences. Yeah. And so 
when you and I look at analyzing a customer experience, you you bring this wealth of knowledge from experience of actually doing this in the real world and having managed teams and having developed this. Yeah, I'm bringing a more theoretical perspective. I haven't managed teams doing this. I haven't implemented it in the real world nearly as often as you have. And I, I think that those two different perspectives enrich these conversations. So it's they it can absolutely be a tremendous strength for an organization. But if it's not kind of addressed in the proper way, then it can be a problem because now we've got people who are just seeing the world in very different ways and might, you know, dig in their heels and, and argue that, you know, their perspective is right instead of trying to learn from the different points of view that are available. So can we just go back a couple of steps? Yeah. Could you just repeat what it is that you're bringing to these podcasts? Because I need to make a note. So of I think the strength of these podcasts is mostly me. Um, <laughs> and then you also sometimes show up for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, no, you're right. Okay. Um, did I, bloody hell, did I say that? Did yeah, I say you're yeah. right? <laughs> it's recorded now and it's on the internet where it will never disappear. <laughs> How are you going to grow your market when everyone is competing on the same things? What are your customers' unmet needs in your market? What drives and destroys most value for you? And what are you going to do first? Since 2005, we've been helping organizations answer these questions. Our unique discovery tool, the Emotional Signature, will change the way that you look at your market. Let's have an informal conversation on how we may be able to help you. To set this up, simply go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash contact. And we look forward to talking to you. So let, let's follow that theme down because this leads me on to my next sort of point, which I wanted to raise. So if you're talking about, and, and just in the customer experience context, we're, we're talking about, you've got people listening to the show, I guess, that are interested in customer experience okay they go and talk to people in in the organization and they those people aren't as necessarily convinced maybe they even think that uh, improving the experience costs money etc etc so different opinions okay this is an interesting analogy because what i find myself doing is changing people's context mm-hmm. i find myself trying to if i'm faced with those individuals and i've been faced with those individuals many times over the years then effectively what you're doing is you're trying to say yeah i understand you're looking at the the world through this lens and that's the context you're coming at this from but actually take a look at this and take a look at this lens and and now look at it from this side and, and let me try to explain to you why the earth is not flat etc or just try to explain why some of these things are happening and you know particularly here's and this is the real real reason why you've got that problem it's not an issue of lack you know it's the lack of growth is not about the the quality of the product or the the features on the product that's the wrong lens because you've pretty much optimized that it's the experience that you're giving the customers and can i convert you into being from being a flat earther and i'm not trying to be disparaging to people but 
can I convert you from being a, a flat earther to somebody that thinks that the world is round and therefore customer experience is different? Yeah. I mean, when you do your you know voice of customer work, that's the goal. Like the voice of the customer is their their context, their perspective. And so can we bring that insight into the organization better? Yeah. So so let's not make this all about, though, the internal organization, okay, because I want to talk about the customer as well. But I think the interesting piece there is, for me, there's this bit about a key word, which is perception. So for me, there's like a perceived context, okay? And then there's a, a real context. And the danger is that you can have customers that you start talking to who have a perception about what their real context is. Again, am I making sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there, there is a reality out there to a certain extent, like from a customer experience standpoint, that matters far, far, far less than the perceived reality of your customers. But I understand the distinction you're making. Like we, we can take steps to improve, for instance, the um, response time. Well, let, let me give you an example to make it easy. And this is a li little bit of an embarrassing example. Okay. Good. I love those. <laughs> so uh, we were going to record a show a couple of weeks ago. And the day before, I was thinking, okay, got recording the show, plugged it, all the equipment in. And the microphone wasn't working. And I'm thinking, bloody hell, the microphone's not working again. There, there's some problem. And I happened to just come back from the States uh, to uh, England. Anyway, I'm on the phone to our uh, support people. And I'm convinced there's something wrong with the uh, app that's uh, that runs the, the microphone, etc. We're on the phone for 45 minutes because it's, it's not picking up signal, right? And then I realized I had the microphone on mute, <laughs> which was the problem, okay? Uh, so the point I'm trying to make is this, is my context was there's some problem with an app, right? right. but the reality actually was I'd press them, accidentally press the, the mute. That was the real reality. I'd press the mute button. So it's a bit like, how do you explain then to a customer whose context is one thing that it should right, be right, right. Some, something else? Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it bloody annoys me when I phone through to our famous cable companies. And the first thing they do is to say, have you rebooted your router? And I think, oh, I'm not an idiot. I, I know how to do this stuff, you know, so don't ask me basic questions. Having said that, I then thought, if you'd have asked me if I'd <laughs> taken the mute off of my microphone at the beginning, it would have saved 45 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the sometimes we can incorporate lots of data that should convince us that we're wrong, and we can still kind of fit it into our current context or our, our current mental model or theory so that the those charts i'm sure you've seen from like medieval astronomers where they they chart the the earth is the center of the the universe or the center of the solar system <laughs> and to make that work then all the planets going around the earth now have to do these crazy loop loops <laughs> and, and all these like circles yeah. and circles within circles 
Whereas if we took a different context, a different perspective and put the sun in the center, then everything now falls into nice concentric rings. But it's the same data. They're, they're still like looking up in the night sky and seeing the location of the planets over time. It's just that they're kind of forcing it into one context or another. So like, how do you take a, a customer out of their context and move them into a different context? That can be hard. Um, and it can be impossible unless you've got some kind of a strategy for, for trying to accomplish that. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the importance of understanding a customer's context, okay? Great. Because, I, again, in, in preparing for this podcast, it made me think that like a contextual understanding of a business enables you to provide customers with a much more personalized experience, doesn't it? Yes. So if you understand the context, then you can personalize it much, much more. And that by doing that, you're actually starting to show the customer that you understand them at a much deeper level. It also helps you be, and you know, you'll know that I've talked about this for a while now, where I think the next competitive battleground will be is in providing a proactive experience. And I think by understanding the context of the customer, you're going to be able to anticipate their needs at a much greater level. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me give you an example outside of customer experience to kind of illustrate this. You know, you and I have talked about choice architecture before this, the idea that you can kind of nudge people in, in various directions based on how you kind of construct the choice set. So the, as these ideas were popularized, there were a number of, of brands who wanted to implement this. And so they'd, they'd like introduce decoy options or more extreme options. And so now my set of TVs that I'm selling as a manufacturer includes a decoy option or includes an extreme option. That was all fine from the perspective of the manufacturer. But what, what a lot of these firms failed to realize is that when people are actually evaluating these things, they're doing it on a website or on a store shelf where all of the other brands also have a say and where the retailer also has a say. So the context for the consumer is completely different from the context of the manufacturer who's designing the assortment. I think the same can be said of experiences. So I can design my experience at say a restaurant to be you know optimal in these various ways and that that's important but if if my customers are dining in the context of like having to drive downtown and having to find parking and then like having to deal with all this stuff that may be the context within which they're evaluating my my restaurant and unless i can take that perspective i'm not going to optimize my customer's experience to the maximum extent i can yes uh, that's a good point. And I think that for me is where the segmentation comes in as well, because you can therefore turn around and go, well, here we have their eight segments, but actually underneath those, there may be sub segments, if you want to call it that, that are contextualized much, much more. And it could be that, you know, somebody driving down to the uh, restaurant, well, if they're a millennial, will automatically put themselves on SatNav. If they're a uh, a baby boomer then they probably won't and they'll probably you know pull across the road and ask somebody how to get there or whatever it may be you get the idea let's try and draw this to a close usual question what advice would we would you give somebody looking to improve this and 
understand the context in much better degree. So you and I are, are big fans of data, and that remains the case. Uh, you need data, but data is not enough um, because you and I can look at the same data and draw very different conclusions based on, on our context, how we interpret it. So if, if we want to understand our customers and our customer experience, gather all the data you can about that experience, but then you also need to understand the perspectives of your customers as they're evaluating them. So that's one. So you need, to, you need to get as close to the mental model of your customer as you can, close to mimicking their experience, if you want to understand them. And then the other one was one that we, we mentioned earlier, which is recognize the importance of those different perspectives within your organization. Um, and that can cause problems. That can cause lots of conflict. It can also be a source of, of real value and insight if you treat it appropriately. I think for me, there's a, there's a couple. One is just understanding that, understanding the context that your customers are coming to you in is is critical and and it's not just again the you know the physical context but it's also the emotional context that that customers are coming to you in go back to that example of uh, uh the mobile phone company is your phone lost and you've lost it in the back of a taxi or have you just been mugged you know to very different emotional context with with people and i think the other thing for me is that just understanding that perception is reality but they may actually have the wrong context and they may be looking at the world through the wrong pair of eyes and how do you design your experience to gently move them to see the the new world basically so with that in mind and going back to seeing the new world and flat earth so i'm gonna get in my car and and sail over to america and fall off the edge of the uh, edge of the earth uh, well, if you're going to sail over in your car, it's going to be a shorter trip than the edge of the earth. <laughs> we yeah, can address that maybe, next time. Maybe I'm mixing my metaphors. So anyway, we look forward to talking to you next week on the show. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Cheers. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.